Hello everyone and thank you for tuning into our podcast. Today I'd like us to talk about endurance. Endurance is a rare subject in the church today, but we're still going to talk about it. A good picture is often painted to a new believer about their Christian work and many a times the believers are caught unaware. They are caught unprepared when challenges come. But let me tell us one thing today. The Bible calls us to endure. This is a biblical concept. It is something that is inevitable for every Christian believer. Patience, long-suffering, perseverance, stand firm. Every time you see these words in scripture, it simply means endure, endure, endure. We are going through a difficult time. There is a pandemic the COVID-19. The Bible has prepared us for this moment. The Bible has prepared us for the last days. In Matthew 24 and Mark 13, Jesus gave a prophetic preview of the situation that will exist in the world immediately prior to his return. Today we are seeing around us many of the conditions he predicted. And that includes the coronavirus that is going on. I am very sure that this is one of the marks of the end time. But Jesus also gave directions to believers for survival in these situations. The key requirement can be stated in one word. Endurance. I would like us in our personal time to just go through the whole chapters of Matthew 24 and Mark 13. These are very important prophetic preview to familiarize ourselves with now that we are facing end times. I would like us to begin this study or this teaching from the book of Romans chapter 5 from verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance or endurance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The Bible tells us about perseverance. As I've already mentioned, perseverance and endurance can be used interchangeably. Endurance produces character that has stood the test. In essence, we are talking about the formation of our character. We can rejoice, boast, glory and exult in tribulation because only tribulation produces endurance. Endurance in turn produces proven character. This simply means that there is no way of proving your character without tribulation. There is no way of proving what manner of man or woman you are without testing, without character. And even in our day-to-day modern setup, we go to schools, we do exams, we do interviews, what is the purpose of all these things? To prove what we have. To prove our qualification. So what is the proof? What is the qualification of character? 
endurance. That's right. In James chapter 1 verse 2 we read, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. We need to praise God that he counts us worthy of the trials we go through, bearing in mind that the trial is always for our own good. James goes on to explain how this seeming paradox works. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, endurance, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. That is James chapter 1 verse 3 to 4. James is saying that if you go through the test and hold out, it will shape every area of our character and personality. It will make us complete, fully rounded Christian. How many of us want to be complete? How many of us want to be mature, complete, lacking in nothing? Yes, now you know the condition. One of the great proving grounds of our character development is close committed fellowship where we meet every week with the same group of people as we share our lives in this context, it often becomes uncomfortably clear that there are some areas in our character that have been dealt with or that have not been dealt with. If we fail to expose ourselves to others, we can deceive ourselves about untested areas in our character and back off every time we face a test that should expose those areas. There is no greater proving ground for our Christian character than close committed fellowship with fellow believers. So let me pose a very important question to us. How many of us will hold out the test of character without meeting with other believers? Let me repeat the question. How many of us will hold out the test of character without meeting with other believers? It is a difficult time, and this is a great question to ponder upon. How many of us, yes, the social distancing is taking place, how many of us will hold out the test of our character? Because many of us will think, ah, now no one can see me. No pastor, no believer, no brother or sister in Christ is going to be around me so I can get to do anything I, I want to do. No one is watching for me. That is a good question we have to ask ourselves. Now I'm going to talk about some tests that we are going to go through. One very simple outline of this testing is found in Matthew 13, the well-known parable of the sour who spread the seed. In this parable, Jesus speaks about different kinds of soil, each representing a different kind of a person who hears the word of God. Describing how some seed falls by the wayside and is devoured by birds before it can enter the ground, and other seeds fall on rocky ground and among thorns, Jesus explains the type of person represented by each of these situations. So, Matthew chapter 13 verse 19 says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom of God and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. The seed never gains entrance into this person's life at all, but just lies on the ground, just lies there, until a bird comes and picks it up. Jesus then goes on to describe two kinds of persons who did 
received the seed and began to produce fruit. However, the fruit eventually came to nothing because they failed to pass the test to which they were subjected. The first group were those who had stony places. The second group were those who had thorns. So let us understand that this kind of persons received the seed, but they were not able to withstand the tests that they were exposed to. These two people, unlike the first one, received the word of God. They have it, but just failed to pass the tests to which they were subjected. Matthew chapter 13, verse 30 to 22. But he who received the seed on the stony places, this is he who hears the word of God and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now, he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. Very simply stated, there are two kind of tests. When life is too hard and when it is too easy. The first test is persecution. The second is prosperity. Some people cannot stand the persecution. Some cannot stand the prosperity. Which of these two groups are you? Some people can make it when they are persecuted. But when God blesses them with a beautiful home, two cars, a big business, they get much more wrapped up in these things of the world than in the kingdom of God. There are others who receive the world with joy. They give a testimony, they prophesy, they speak in tongues, they bask in the blessings of God. Hallelujah. But a few months later, you can't find them because the moment opposition came, they just withered, they just faded off. The truth is, we have to endure both tests. We will be tested by tribulation and also by success. And we must hold out through both. Don't be the kind of person that gives up when things are too hard. Don't be the kind of person who gives up when things are too easy. You have to endure the difficulty you have to endure the success. That sounds funny. How does one endure the success? You will endure the success if the success never changes your position in God. When the success does not change the deposit of God in your life, when the success does not change the person you are in Christ, then you will have endured the success. Now let me make some four suggestions concerning the biblical way to achieve endurance. The first one is that we make a wholehearted commitment to Jesus Christ without any reservations, without holding anything back. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 11 verse 23, When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and, and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. 
This was an exhortation given to a new group of Christians in the city of Antioch. The key phrase, purpose of heart, indicates that you must really make up your mind to stick with the Lord. Regardless if your friends don't, you will. Regardless of persecution, even if your family doesn't, you will. That is the purpose of heart we need. Then in Acts 14, in verse 22, we find Barnabas and Paul exhorting the new converts in a similar way. Strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. Ooh, this is so unpopular. <laughs> it is very hard to hear someone teach. We must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. Because nowadays, the gospel is mostly, you will prosper, you will go far, you will get double-double. Yes, all these things are true. Yes, the Lord promises us that he will prosper us. Prosperity is part of scripture, but so is endurance. So if we have to teach the truth, let us teach the whole truth. New converts need to know there is no other way into the kingdom of God except through tribulation. And that is from the scripture we have just read. I understand the kingdom of God in two senses. There is a future kingdom which Jesus will bring and establish, but there is also the kingdom that we enter and live in now, when you receive Jesus Christ now. And it is through much tribulation that we come into kingdom living. We will be subject to pressure in every area of our lives. And brethren, this is inevitable. The Bible says that from the days of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. The kingdom of God is not acquired easily. The Bible also says that seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The term seek simply denotes something that cannot be easily found. It should be our top priority to seek the kingdom of God, no matter what it costs us. And we cannot do this without enduring tribulation. When people come to the Lord, we owe it to them to warn them that if they are going to move into the kingdom living, it will be through tribulation and opposition. It is unfair to tell new converts that when they come to Jesus, all their problems are solved. <laughs> the fact is, they will have problems as Christians, unique problems that they did not have before. <laughs> A firm commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ will be necessary to endure these trials. The second thing on how to achieve endurance is focusing on the eternal. This is found in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 27 which refers to Moses who grew up in Egypt destined to inherit the throne as the son of the Pharaoh's daughter. He had education, wealth, social privilege, everything the world could offer. Moses had it. But at the age of 40 he turned his back on it fled from Egypt and spent the next 40 years looking after a few sheep in the backside of the desert. 
the verse says of Moses, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seen him who is invisible. What is the instance of endurance? Seen him who is invisible, for he endured as seen him who is invisible. Faith is actually that enables us to see what is invisible. It is related to the unseen. Hebrews 11.1, 1, the convictions of things that are not seen. If we are to hold out, the unseen world must be more real to us than what is seen. Otherwise, we will fall in love with the world system and turn our back on the unseen realities of God's kingdom. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 to 18, we read, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Hallelujah. It is important to see that affliction only works out God's purpose for us while we keep our eyes on their sin. The unseen is the eternal and does not change. Spend time with your Bible. Read it. Meditate on it. Live in it. Ask the Holy Spirit to make it real to you. Soon, it will become so real to you that nothing in this world could tempt you to be disloyal to Jesus Christ. Focus on the eternal. The eternal, the eternal is bigger than the present. I look at my life in the world as a man inside a bus. Whether I like it or not, at some point, I am going to alight that bus. The bus is not a destination. I like traveling in comfort. Yes, just to enjoy my travel. But no matter how comfortable the bus is, the bus cannot be the destination. I have to alight from the bus at my destination. This is the same view we need to have of eternity as it pertains to this life. This life is you on the bus, but at some point you will have to alight at your destination. And to make it through, to endure through trial, you have to focus on your destination. What is your destination? This world is not our home, so the musician sang. Heaven is our home. The eternal home that God has prepared for us. That is our home. Let us focus there. We will be able to endure trial. The third thing that we need to do to achieve endurance is not to give up. In addition to the need for a firm commitment to the Lord and keeping our eyes on the unseen. There is a third principle. If you fail, don't give up. One of the devil's cleverest tricks is to say, you are a failure. You might as well give up because God has given up on you. Sometimes you fall into sin and you're like, "Ah, I have already sinned. I'm already in it. So there's no need to try and get back up. Now let me ask you, who falls into a puddle of mud and, and stays there and says, oh, I've fallen in a puddle of mud. After all, I'm dirty now. I don't need to get up again. 
No, that is not what you do. You get up fast, you clean yourself up, and you continue on your way. So don't believe in the lie of the devil. He is a liar. In Psalm chapter 37, David wrote, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. That is from verse 23 to 24. Wonderful. This is a beautiful, beautiful word. Remember that if you fall, you will not be utterly cast down because the Lord has your hand. David knew that even though he had fallen terribly and tragically in the matter of Bathsheba, God forgave and restored him. He could say, even when you fall, don't give up. God will pick you up. I would like each of us to just get a glimpse of how wide the love of God is for us. And there's a song we used to sing in Sunday school that Jesus' love is so wonderful. It's very, very wonderful. It is so high that we, we, we can't get above it. It's so wide that we can't get around it. It is so deep that we can't get under it. Just glimpse, take a glimpse in the spirit of your mind of the love of God for you and you will not give up. There was a man in the New Testament who fell to. His name was Peter. I often think of Peter as the man who used to think with his legs. <laughs> Every time they are with Jesus, he was always jumping into action. <laughs> Jesus spoke to Peter knowing that he was going to deny him three times. And he said, Luke 21, sorry, Luke chapter 22, 31 to 32. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. Jesus did not pray that Peter would not deny him but that his faith will not fail. Jesus was saying to Peter, even though you denied me, your faith will not fail. <laughs> but you will get up again in the same way. If you fall, just stretch out your hand by faith and let the Lord pick you up. Don't give up. The Lord has not given up on you. The fourth thing we need to do to achieve endurance is to keep our eye on the price. This is the fourth principle. Remember the price given. Not all the issues of life are settled now. Let no one lie to you. There are some things that remain for the future. Paul writes his testimony on faith from his jail cell. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. That is 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7. Those three things go together. If you are going to keep faith, you must fight the fight. Faith is a fight. You cannot escape the fight and keep the faith. You must fight the fight to finish your race. Paul did all the three. He fought the fight, one. He finished the race, two. And he kept the faith. That is the third thing. From then on, he was waiting for the prize given. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, 
the righteous judge will give me on that day. Paul was awaiting trial and probable execution at the hands of a very unjust ruler, but he said, that is not the last word. Hallelujah. That is not the last word. That is not the final word. There is going to be another judgment day, a prize-giving day, and the judge will be absolutely just. I don't know how life has been for you. You probably feel life has been unfair. You feel that you have been misunderstood, misinterpreted, misjudged. But I want to tell you the good news that this is not the last word. This is not the final thing about your life. There is a prize-giving day. There will be a time of vindication. Just hold on. Keep eye on the prize. Do not give up. Be firmly committed. Some of us will be rather surprised to see who gets the gold medal. It will not be based on the speed at which we ran, but rather the faithfulness and steadfastness with which we served. If we will stand the test, we will come out like gold refined by fire. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for your people, and I thank you for this word that we have shared today, Lord. I pray that it shall be impactful to our hearts. It shall become like the seed that fell on the right ground, producing a hundredfold. We pray that our hearts, O oh God, will be productive, that you will impress upon our hearts, Lord, the importance to endure, O oh God, even through trials. We thank you, Lord, because we know that you are with us even through this difficult time that we are going through all over the world, O oh God. I pray that each of us will come out stronger. Lord, may you touch that brother and sister whose faith is dwindling, that, Lord, they will receive your strength right now. May you reveal to them that you love them and that you care for them, O oh God. May they wake up to the realization that they are close to you, O oh God, and that you are close to them. Lord, thank you because there is nothing that you cannot do for every one of us that is needy, that is hungry, that is in lack. I pray that you will open doors of provision in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, that, that you will speak to each and every one of us, O oh God, in areas in our lives where we have been impatient, in areas in our lives where, Lord, we have skipped the tests. May you, Father, Lord, lead us in the way that we should go, O oh God. We want to see the kingdom of God. And, Father, may you help us to keep eye on this prize. May you, Lord, help our unbelief, O oh God. We will pray, Father, like that parent who prayed to increase their faith, like the disciples who prayed to increase their faith. Lord, increase our faith, even through the trying moments. Help us, Lord, to keep our focus on the eternal and to renew our commitment in you again. We thank you and we bless your name, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray and believe. Thank you for listening. We hope that you have been blessed and touched. For any prayer request or counseling, give us a call. 0748-023-642 I repeat that. 0748-023-642
We would like to hear from you. Like our page on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel for more. Find our next podcast episode on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Until next time, be blessed.